Hey, hey, you found us. This is Grooming Unleashed, where we learn and talk about the ins and outs of the pet grooming industry. From pro groomers and salon owners to show hosts and dog handlers, we'll jump into the stressful and crazy stories of the day-to-day operations of the crazy world of grooming. I'm your host, Ryan Alvarez. Our podcast is sponsored by Loyalty Pet Products. Loyalty Pet Products provides quality grooming tools and accessories at an affordable price. From shears to stripping knives to smocks and hammocks, Loyalty Pet Products has an essential tool to fit your expectation and style. Use code UNLEASHED to save 10% today. Loyalty Pet Products, uniquely designed, beautifully priced. This is Ryan Alvarez with Grooming Unleashed, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 1, with our guest, Natalie Siesla. If you have never heard of Natalie, or maybe you have, you're going to find out that she's a lot like you. She did her studies in a big box store, and that's how she got her feet wet with grooming. And with some of the support systems that she has set up in her life, she was able to open up her own grooming shop. Now being a pregnant groomer and even having a viral video on TikTok that has millions of views, Natalie's realizing that this is something that she never dreamt possible. Ryan Alvarez with Grooming Unleashed, and I want to welcome you to season two. This is episode one, and I am very happy to have Natalie Siesla. Natalie, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm going to start you off uh, nice and easy. So um, okay. how many animals, how many animals do you own? Um, currently, not including my fish tanks, three. <laughs> Just my dogs. Oh. And then uh, what kind of dogs do you have? Um, I have a standard poodle, a toy poodle, and a lab. All right. Now with those opposite poodle- ends of the spectrum here. <laughs> <laughs> with those, with those poodles, are you getting into competing is that something that's on the horizon um i originally got my standard poodle to compete with her um but i just haven't really dove into it yet um life kind of took a completely different turn with my career and everything so we haven't dove in yet but yeah well we're we're gonna get into that too because you got another little curveball coming your way soon yes (laughs) (laughs) um so what got you started in grooming um honestly I just didn't know what I wanted to do with my life when I was in high school um school was not my thing so I started working at local doggy daycares and then I ended up at a vet clinic um and I was working under a groomer and I was like that looks fun like I could do that um and working at a vet clinic you kind of got to see the ugly of it right up front because vet clinics get the dogs that I don't want to do today. (laughs) So she had um, gone through her academy with a corporate um, big box store. And I was like, okay, I could do that. So I just kind of jumped in and here we are. (laughs) And how long ago was that, that you officially like started grooming? Um, I went through my grooming school in 2017. And what, what grooming school is that? And I did um, all my education through PetSmart. 
Okay. All right. And then how long did you end up working at PetSmart? Um, I worked at PetSmart. I actually, so when you go to school with PetSmart, they make you sign a two-year contract. I mm-hmm. left um, like two days before my first year was up. <laughs> so after like, school, now did you get in trouble? Like, no, I, um, it was like a completely different circumstance and I was really good friends with my story leader. So okay. um, like, we're still friends and we still talk. So he didn't like come after me or anything. Oh, awesome. Okay. Yeah. So it worked out really well. So now you get to talk about your own salon because that's what you have now, correct? Yes. Yes. I went from PetSmart salon and I honestly like didn't have any plans of owning my own salon. If you would ask me, you know, then I would have said, no, I'm never owning my own salon. That's too much work. That's not for Mm -hmm. me. I'm good here. Um, But the opportunity just kind of fell in my lap. Uh, My parents, my mom owned a human salon for 20 some odd years um in the heart of hoover which is right outside of birmingham alabama um and she had closed it about a year before we talked about reopening it and renovating it and renting it out and i was like hey um we could totally put a salon in here and kind of as a joke and she didn't take it as a joke so here we are we completely (laughs) renovated it Awesome. And then, so where is the location of your, your salon and what's the name of it? Um, the name of it is the Groomery and Co. Um, so kind of like Tiffany and Co, but not, (laughs) um, and it's Mm -hmm. in Hoover, Alabama, which is, like I said, it's about 15 minutes south of downtown Birmingham. So right in the center of Alabama. And so what was the, what was the official date that you opened up? December 1st, 2020. So mid pandemic. (laughs) Oh, fantastic. And then how do you, how do you feel, how do you feel that things have gone, uh, you know, considering um, we're still not out of the woods completely? Yeah, really, really well, actually. Um, my city is pretty chill. Um, I would say with restrictions and all the things, um, mm-hmm. we don't want to obviously like put our beliefs onto people, but, um, we have like optional mask things and stuff like that so I think it really has like done really well in that sense of you know people just got tired I mean by the time we got to December people were tired of being told what to do um so and I mean again we're in Alabama we're in the south you know we don't like that anyways but um I think it really did really well um a lot of the salons in Birmingham in the Birmingham area closed um the salon that I was at was one of the only ones in Birmingham that stayed open. We had permission from our city to be open. Um, Mm -hmm. And I really think that people are still catching up from that. And so it was really an opportune time to like jump in and open because so many groomers were so backed up still from being closed. Absolutely. So it worked out really, really well to just kind of like jump in and say, Hey, we're here. Bring us your dogs. (laughs) Do you feel that because you kind of took over building that kind of had most of the build out already done that, that, that kind of put you at ease a little bit, as opposed to like buying a, an empty shell or a plot of land. For sure. Especially because thankfully, um, all worked out. Like I didn't, my parents are the best thing. They are the best like supporters and everything. So I didn't have to take out any loans or anything. They just kind of jumped in and they were going to, they were had to renovate it anyways. The building had some issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were able to build it back in a way that fit what we needed. So it really worked out really well. 
So what would what would you say is some of your biggest challenges um, owning your own salon and kind of opening it from scratch, turning it to a regular hair salon to a grooming salon? Um, just that opening it from scratch, starting from scratch. Um, I my other salon that I was at was on the other side of town. Um, so it's not like I had, you know, a huge following to come over to me. Um, it was kind of a, we're going to open this and hope that people come and they came. So it's just getting people to come, getting people, getting your name out there is really the biggest thing. And it honestly, looking back, it wasn't as challenging as I thought it was going to be. So a big deal. You, you bring up, sorry to interrupt you. You, um, you bring up a good point. Because I know that that's asked a lot on the grooming forums. It's like, okay, I've opened up my shop. I'm a good groomer. What can I do? You know, they, they, mm -hmm. they place ads. What is something that you did that you know for sure worked to get people into your salon? Um, so lots and lots of ads. Honestly, we are in a really, really good area. Um, when the road was surveyed, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, I think the traffic per day was like 40,000 cars passed no, in front of our shabby. building. So, you know, it's a really, really busy, not right on the main road. It's kind of like a cut through kind of road that people use. Mm -hmm. um, so that helped a lot. We have a lot of people just say, oh, well, I just drove by and saw the sign. A lot of big neighborhoods around us and I love them to death, but they're really, really uppity. And mm -hmm. they're the kind of people that like, oh, well, Susie said down the street to go here. So now I'm here, you know, like they just kind of flow after each other. So once you get a couple in the door, I mean, you're pretty good to go. Um, right. Advertising on social media has been a huge thing. Um, recently we opened up for cats. Um, and I spent $35 on Facebook ads and produced 4,000 views. Um, almost 10 appointments from that $35. So that was huge. Um, and yeah. just exposure, really just getting your name in front of people. Um, cause but, they'll say, Oh, we saw you on social media and now we're here, you know? So, right. Right. And, and do you, do you focus like, um, you know, take away the ads and everything. Cause you definitely want to find a way to, you know, have your bottom line, uh, mm -hmm. you know, larger, not spend so much on marketing and you want your cost per, uh, customer acquisition to be really low. Right. Do you focus on a lot of pictures to, to, to post on Instagram like daily, or is that something that like you and your salon team are just kind of like, well, if you take pictures, great. Cause we're going to be running an ad anyway. What, what's your thought on that? Yeah. So at first, um, we have gotten kind of relaxed about it. Um, recently, but at first we were posting every single dog every single day. Um, and I think that helped a lot too because people are like oh my gosh my dog's famous it's on their Facebook look <laughs> and they would like share it and show their friends and all the things we still mm -hmm. take pictures um but just the whirlwind of everything right now is just kind of taking a back burner um but we'll still post like instead of posting like every day we may post like a bunch of random dogs that we did like that week or something like gotcha. that so okay. it's still like people will be like can you please post pictures of fluffy today like they it's like what they look <laughs> forward to it's like part of the experience of course i mean and and you, you know you and i know this is that you know they they really do treat their pets as their as their own kids i mean so yes. they yes. when they see them on social media it's like oh my god
In 2020, Loyalty Pet Products was nominated for the Product of the Year Finalist Award from Barkley Honors for their hair-resistant black leggings made with Fur Resist. Since then, they have been coming out with different unique designs in that same fabric that has allowed people to have an option to pick a different style and size, as well as tank tops and sports bras in that same material. Now, Loyalty Pet Products has also established a new Legging of the Month Club that will secure the size and style that you want and need for your shop. You no longer have to worry about possibly running out and missing an opportunity to get a unique design that you want when you want it. To top it all off, as an active subscriber, you actually get to save 15% off every item every single day on the website. Hop on over to loyaltypetproducts.com right now and check out the Loyalty Legging of the Month Club and check out all the frequently asked questions as well as a beginner's tutorial to find out what all the buzz is about. Sign up today and start saving and leave your work at work. So Natalie started grooming in 2017 and she was blessed with her own salon with some of the support system that she has in her life uh, at the end of 2020. And we're about to find out exactly how her life is about to change just from one simple video and then how it's about to change even more in a few months. In your five years of grooming, what would you say is your biggest achievement so far? Um, probably opening my salon, honestly. And then would you say that you have exceeded your expectations in the two years that it's been open? Almost? Um, absolutely. Because going in, I had almost no expectations. Um, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, like I said, just kind of opening it and hoping that the people come, you know, it has completely done way better than I thought it would ever do, especially in the two years. Yeah, it's actually, I mean, it's really only a year and a half. If that, yeah, yeah. That's, that's fantastic. Um, where do you see yourself in three years in the grooming industry? Um, I have no idea. Honestly, the, my long-term goal is to have a full staff and work part-time and do the dogs I enjoy doing <laughs> and um, just running my salon versus being there hands-on all day every day um but i really don't mm -hmm. have a timeline on that because you know i just like to keep my expectations low but ideally that would happen in three years um we do have another full-time groomer and a bather as well which is not where i thought i would be where i thought i would be this far in but that would be the goal for sure to not have to be there full-time yeah and just to be able to manage and spend some time with your family correct yes for sure now you have a little bundle of joy on the way. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank, <laughs> and when, thank you. When, when is the due date? Um, July 9th is her due date. July 9th. So mm -hmm. today is Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, by the way. Happy Valentine's Day to you guys as well. Before, before little Ciesla comes into the world. 
Yes, so, we're about halfway. So, okay. And then, what is your plan? I'm sure you spoke with your husband and kind of have a game plan as to when you're going to stop stop lifting, you know, heavy dogs and stuff. What, what's the what's the yes. game? Yes. Um. So thankfully, I um my doctor put me on a 65 pound weight limit. Um. But the tables that we have go about five inches from the floors. I don't have a maternity leave. It's kind of self-paid maternity leave, which I feel like is the case for a lot of groomers. Um, so I'm going to try to work as close to her due date as possible, um, okay. which is probably going to be about to the end of June or so. Well, you're at an, at an, at an advantage because you are the boss. So you yes. can, <clears throat> you can tell yourself to take the day off if, if you exactly. feel like it's needed. So. Which is a blessing. Um, yes. Correct. Uh, I, you did cut off just a little bit when you were talking about the table going down to about five inches off the floor. Oh, yes. Um, but do you want to share with people the brand of the table so that they're aware of that? Yeah. So I have a, um, the flying pig is the brand. Um, okay. and it's just their like basic, um, electric table. I really think they only have one. One of them has wheels. One of them doesn't. I, I have the one without the wheels. Um, super affordable. <laughs> I have two of them they are the best tables the only complaint I have is there's not pedals on both sides of the table but I mean you kind of get used to it but going all the way up and all the way down was a necessity for me so definitely definitely worth it flying yeah flying you gotta you, you gotta yes. listen to your customers so um yes social media you brought it up already several months ago you had a video take off on tiktok Yes. Take us through your take us through your journey as to like when you made the video, what was going on in your mind when you hit post, and everything that happened after. That was wild. Um, I honestly zero expectations. I think I had I screenshotted it when it first started blowing up. I think I had maybe a hundred followers on TikTok, um, and I was sitting in my salon, sitting at my front desk, was done with my dogs for the day. And every time I refreshed my TikTok, it was like, it was going up like tens of thousands of views at a time. And I was like, what in the world is going on and why? Like, what about this video? Um, it's my pinned video on TikTok. It's right there. If you go to my profile, um, it's just, I was just goofing off um, while I was coloring a dog and she was sitting like processing her color. Um <laughs> And I think the last time I looked, it's at like 6.2 or 6.4 million views, which is insane. absolutely insane. Um, <laughs> honestly, like you see all these people on TikTok talking about like all their hate comments and this, that, and the other. I really didn't deal with a whole lot of that, thankfully. Um, but my block button is my best friend on all my social media accounts. So <laughs> I would just block and delete people. I mean, because you can't argue with ignorance. I mean... It's like they know, obviously, you know, I'm not going to do something in my salon that's going to harm a dog. And you can explain that to them until they're blue in the face. But someone told them or something told them or they read on the Internet somewhere that it's bad for the dogs, that they're going to argue with you and call you all kinds of names, all that. You just have to ignore it. I mean, Internet trolls are going to be Internet trolls. And like I said, I have no problem blocking and deleting. So that would be like yeah. my main piece of advice for people that have like platforms on social media is like just block people like it's not worth your energy really 
Yeah. And that was my follow-up question was what is, what, what were the pros and cons that came out of that? Obviously you just mentioned all the cons that you are going to get the ignorant comments and, but mm -hmm. what, what are some of the pros that came out of that? Um, pros. So I now have 30,000 followers on TikTok. I have a decent platform to reach people with. Um, I did pull clients from that video, believe it or not. Um, we pulled a client from like two and a half hours. She drove two and a half hours to my salon just because she saw my video on TikTok. Um, mm -hmm. My Instagram, my business Instagram grew hundreds of followers. Um, I mean, you know, it, TikTok's a free thing. So even getting one customer from it was a big deal. But we definitely gained like quite a few. And now our customers go to our TikTok to see if their dog has been featured. Like again, with like the Facebook thing, but TikTok a little less often but people are like oh my gosh my dog is famous because she posted me on tiktok like it's like a whole thing sure and i i will put your um your social media contacts in the show notes and i'll get that from okay, you when, when we're when we're done here so if you guys want to follow natalie um yes, you guys can yes. go into the description uh either on your phone uh the show information or you can get that off your des desktop what is the most disgusting memory you have uh grooming Oh no. Um <laughs> probably getting anal glands in my mouth. Hmm. Um that has happened. A common one. <laughs> um I get turds in my pocket a lot. Um that's How does really that common. Just like carrying dogs, I guess, and then they'll just like drop a turd and it just happens to get in your pocket and it's real fun <laughs> when you reach in looking for something else and that's not what you expect it to be in there and pull out a raisinette. Yep. Yes, it may not have even been the dog that you're working on it. It may have been in there, you know, who knows how long. It's just hanging out. And it, I mean, grooming in general is kind of gross, but it definitely has yeah. its days. <laughs> uh, and then switching gears, what's your favorite snack while grooming? Oh, oh my gosh, I don't know. Probably sour candy, even though that's okay. not the best thing for me to eat right now but i always have candy in my salon somewhere what was the uh what was the biggest tip you got it doesn't even have to be money it could be a gift card or anything that a customer left you what was the what was the coolest tip and and why do you think you earned that um we haven't haven't really gotten i mean like christmas gifts and stuff that was cool people would bring us like snacks um one lady this year brought us a whole costco size um thing of paper towels and I think it was because her dog had used the restroom in the lobby. <laughs> she was checking in that day. So that was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, this one client. How do you respond to a customer who's used to giving you a big tip? And then it just kind of either went down drastically or maybe it went away altogether. How, so, so take your customer that you just, that you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. And let's say that that 110% or that 100% over the grooming price drops down to like 20 percent mm -hmm. does that kind of affect you a little bit and thinking like am i doing a worse job or is something going on at home with them how, how does that mm -hmm. affect your when they when they walk in and you see that it's gone down dramatically yeah um honestly i just choose not to let it affect me um because i do have the mindset of tips are never expected but always appreciated and that is something mm -hmm. that I do see in grooming forms a lot is people will be like, oh, well, this person doesn't tip or this person tips this and they haven't, I mean, you know, it's extra free money. You know, I'm going to charge my worth um, from the jump and the tip is just extra. Um, never, I mean, 
from owning my own salon, I haven't had the thought of, man, I should have charged her more because she didn't tip or whatever. Um, right. It has happened with that client. She has tipped me less some days and way more some days. And sometimes her husband picks up and he tips, you know, 10%. Um, but I mean, I just really don't choose to let it affect me. Cause like I said, it's basically free money anyways. It's a gift every time. Um, so whatever well, that's you decide. A great, that's, that's, you know. that's a great lesson for anyone that is uh, going to open their own shop or they do have their own shop is that if you're expecting that tip to be rolled in, you're already behind the eight ball. Exactly. So you should definitely have it scheduled in. So that way, if they do pay and they don't tip, you're still feeling, I got my money's worth. Like this is, yes. this was totally worth all the effort. Absolutely. Yes. And some of my most obnoxious dogs that I do, like you see them on your schedule and you're just like, Ugh, that dog's coming in today. I charge more than what I would for another dog that size because I'm going to make it worth it. And usually mm -hmm. the dogs that are really obnoxious, those people don't tip. So you have to make it worth it to yeah. yourself if you're going to continue to keep that client. Yeah. And when you get to that point where, you know, you're really starting to get a, a nice customer base, you, you have the privilege to just pick and choose who exactly. you want to bring in. And that's, that's the beauty of, you can send them to a vet down the road mm -hmm. and that's mm -hmm. quote unquote, their problem. And yes. you can't really see it as turning money away. You have to look at it as more of, I'm making my job more enjoyable. Exactly. So um, kind of parlaying off of that, how do you handle a tough customer? Now, this, this can either be human or dog. It's whatever you choose. So how do you handle that tough customer? Um, it just depends on what it is. Um, both my other groomer, Nicole, and I are... I would say we can pat ourselves on the back. We're pretty good with the crazy dogs um, just because we did both start at PetSmart. And I feel like PetSmart, I love PetSmart. I'm not a PetSmart hater, but PetSmart does get bottom of the barrel behaved dogs. I mean, like <clears throat> private salon dogs behaviors do not compare. And I also think it's just because of the environment. I mean, you're talking about 50, 60, 70 dogs in a salon with, 10 to 12 people in and out all the time. Whereas in my salon, we've got 25 dogs and on a high day and two or three people. It's, we really don't have that many, like really hard to deal with dogs. I mean, we have a couple that have their quirks, um, like, and you just kind of figure them out. You know, I have this Shih Tzu and if they're listening, you know, <laughs> I've posted about him on TikTok. They come in and they're like, King's here. They know he's a brat. <laughs> They know he's a turd. It's okay. I can talk about them. Um, I can do that dog all the way through. It's a little Shih Tzu. Do him all the way through. And I know that I have to muzzle him at the very end for his nails. And then we're done. And me and him kind of have an understanding. Like we're going to do all this. And we're going to do the bad part at the end. And then we're done. And it's fine. And you can go home. You just kind of build that relationship with the dog. To kind of like figure them out. And figure out what works for them. Um, mm -hmm. as far as clients, we really don't have that many difficult clients either. Um, we've had a few, um, I have one bad review, um, and that was a very difficult client. He does no longer come to my salon. Um, well you just done. kind of, at, you know, I mean, you just kind of deal with it. You know, I'm not, I'm not the kind of person that's going to let somebody walk all over me, especially in, in my salon. Um, I'm not going to be ugly but I'm also going to match your energy. 
um like if you get I'm not gonna get loud and ugly but if you get loud with me like I'm not gonna be nice if that makes sense like I'm not just gonna yeah. sit here with the customers always right mentality that's not me <laughs> so if you're looking for customers always right we are not the salon for you you're not the customer for me like head on down the street but honestly I can count on one hand in the time that we've been open that we've had to deal with difficult people and like I said one bad review and it I mean if you read it it's on google it's ridiculous you will know that it's ridiculous <laughs> like it it doesn't even bother me at all I don't even count it honestly what um what advice would you give to a groomer who maybe just opened a shop five six months ago they really aren't getting that many clients and they're starting to get some of the clients that other grooming shops in the area don't want, what would your mm -hmm. advice be to them to kind of maybe not sell themselves short, even though that they, they, they need the money. Mm -hmm. um, don't sell yourself short. Um, charge your worth. Um, the people will come. I mean, do your social media. Social media is a huge thing. And going back to like paying for advertisements, I really don't spend, I probably spent less than a hundred dollars last year in Facebook ads. I mean, and that's the only time that I've ever paid for ads or anything like that. Um, like just get your name out there, work vendor events. We have multiple, um, different like dog in the park, like bark in the park kind of events, mm -hmm. um, around us where vendor booths are $15 and we go out there and we pass out cards, leave your cards at vets offices, leave your cards at your tractor supply. I mean, I leave cards everywhere I go. Um, and just word of mouth, really just pushing it out there on social media, um, maybe join some of your local neighborhood groups, um, is where we do a lot of our advertising and a lot of our, um, like word of mouth comes from like our city neighborhood groups and stuff like that on Facebook. Um, mm -hmm. and just keep pushing. I mean, because it's a busy, busy industry. There's way more dogs than there is groomers. Yeah. Um, so they'll come for sure. Um, maybe contact some of your local groomers that you know don't take clients and say, hey, will you send me your extra people? Because we, we have a couple of salons in our area that don't take new clients and they send us everybody, um, which has been a huge thing as well. So, Yeah, and I, I, I well, first off, I, I was going to say, um, those are all great suggestions. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Um, the other thing is, I always try to tell, and, and my wife has finally kind of come to this agreement that there are so many dogs out there that mm -hmm. you can't really see yourself as a like competitor. It's more yeah. of like, you need to work, you need to work together because yes. at some point the dog's going to need to get groomed by somebody. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and, and the person who considers themselves a rival down the street might not be very good at grooming standard poodles. And so right, exactly. they, they know, yeah, they know that, you know, um, we're really good at standard poodles. So they're going to send those clients and vice versa. Maybe we're not good at Bichon's. So we send Bichon's to them mm -hmm. and you just have to really work together. I know that's kind of crazy to say in a competitive industry, but, um, I mean, it it's works. true. Yeah. Networking with your local salons is a huge, huge thing. There's enough dogs to go around. Absolutely. More, <laughs> more, more, more so. Yes. Um, who are some of the role models for you in the grooming industry? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, 
definitely Blake Hernandez. Um, I've taken some classes from him. Um, he's a big one. Mm. I follow so many small people though. I really don't follow like big people. Um, there's no, there's no small people because I, and, <laughs> I, and I'm, let me tell you why, because at any given time, someone can blow up and like, I'm, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to see season two, episode one, Natalie Ciesla and be like, who's that? Mm-hmm. But I've known you for a couple of years now and right. I see you growing and I know where you will be. And I'm just, I'm just ahead of the curve, to be honest with you. Like I, I've seen potential in you for a long time. And just remember, all it takes is that one video or that one podcast or that one, whatever. And all of a sudden that small person becomes big. So I don't see people as small. um, Right. But I know what you're saying. They're not, they're not as mainstream. Right. They're not the Blake Hernandez and the, um, well, Catherine Blake works 20, of the yeah, world. You exactly. Know. Blake Blake works 25 hours a day. So True. for him, yeah, he, <laughs> yes. he he really works hard. Like mm-hmm. I will give that guy so much credit because there's just I mean, he's just doing a, a lot. So it's kudos to him that that he does have a following. He works hard for it. Yes. Yes, he deserves and, it for sure. And Cat and Cat's just winning everything left and right. So you can't help right. but notice her. She's she's yeah. kicking butt. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just going to the shows and watching people um I really just, I'm friends with so many different groomers um, and I just watch and learn really. And I'm in like as many grooming groups on Facebook as possible. Like I just take notes from every single person, really. I don't really have like one single person. I'm like, wow, I would follow Mm -hmm. them to the moon. You know what I mean? Like, okay. Um, What other talent do you have other than grooming? uh, (laughs) That's a good question. (laughs) Um, I really am so just, and I was talking to, about this with Nicole the other day. I'm so just in my salon, 25-8. I really don't have any hobbies right now. Like, it's just kind of like I go to work, and I'm just like in that groove where I go to work, and I come home, and I cook dinner, and I play with my dogs, and, you know, hang out with my people, and do it all over again the next day. I really need to find a hobby. I really do. <laughs> um, what What do you think you'd be doing if you weren't grooming? So assume assume you weren't given the opportunity to have a salon. Maybe you didn't go to grooming school. What do you think you'd be doing right now? Um, I would probably definitely be working with animals. Um, I grew up on a little hobby farm. Um, I always said, you can ask anybody that knew me when I was a kid, I'll never work in a restaurant. I don't want to work in food. As funny as it sounds, I don't, I really don't like people that much. Like dealing with the general public is not my favorite thing to do. (laughs) So of course I got into grooming. Mm -hmm. Oh, well I can just play with dogs all day and not have to deal with people. Yeah, that was a joke. Um, I'd probably be doing something with animals. I did look into like maybe working at the zoo, um, before I got into grooming. Um, I would be doing something with animals. I don't know to what extent, but definitely okay. more animals less people <laughs> we've uh, we're, we're we're almost at the end here i got i got four more for you okay and these are your typical like interview questions here um so what what is your biggest strength so one strength that you're like yeah this is this is totally getting me where i want to be mm, that's hard um i guess just my willingness my willingness to like get up and do it myself. 
Um, I'm not one to sit around and wait for somebody else to do it. Um, if it needs to be done, I'm going to get it done and do it the best that I can um, in every single aspect of everything that I do. Awesome. And then think about your entire life and uh, everyone has a weakness or weaknesses. Think about one that you've really tried to work on and just for whatever reason, it's just, it just at this time, it has not gone away. What is that one weakness? I don't know. Um, Cause I kind of work on all of my things at once um, rather than like working at one thing at a time. Um, honestly, probably going back to, I don't like people. I've tried to work on giving more grace to people um, and trying to kind of like understand where they might be coming from and understanding that maybe if they're being rude to me to my face right now, there's a million other things going on in their lives. You know, just really giving people grace, honestly, is something that I've really, really tried to work on. Good. Good luck. <laughs> um, it's hard. <laughs> what, it, it, it's it's not easy, but it's the right it's the right mentality to start, you know, kind of going in that direction. What are three positive words to describe yourself? Ambitious. Mm. Would determined and ambitious be the same thing? Uh, I think that they're different. Um, definitely determined. Um, my driving force um and this is awful um not really awful but you know in high school um one of my teachers went around the room and said you know what what college are you going to and what are you going to do with your life and she got to me and I said I don't know what I'm doing with my life but I know I'm not going to school and she literally lectured me in front of the entire class and told me that I was never going to be anything because I wasn't going to college. So honestly, I took that and I said, well, let me show you discipline. <laughs> um, so that's where my determination comes from, is from my high school teacher. Um, All right. And I don't know, a third one, kindness, probably my customer service type kindness if you talk okay. to somebody that knows me I'm really not as nice as I put out but I think that that's a strength as far as like not letting like differentiating the line between like professionalism and my personal life um, like I can definitely turn on my customer service and blow your socks off but in person I'm really not that nice. <laughs> it's really bad, but I, it's true. Totally understand. Totally understand. Um, this this last question, I'll let you kind of let it sink in, and then that way you can put out something that, you know, when you hear this podcast two years from now, you're going to be like, man, that was a really good answer. Um, what's one positive message that you would like to give other groomers? Um, don't sell yourself short. Charge your worth and stand behind your work. Don't let people in your salon, on the internet, whatever, from wherever, your family, whoever, tell you that you're any less than what you are. Like, know your worth and stand behind yourself because you're the only one that's gonna do it for yourself. Fantastic answer. 
Natalie Ciesla, it has been a wonderful experience talking with you. And um, like I said, I know we've known each other for a few years, but we've never had a deep conversation like this, especially over the phone. Um, Yeah. Take care of that little, take care of that little, take care of that little bean inside you. And working on um, it. Yes. (laughs) We're strong. (laughs) And, um, you know, thank your, thank your supportive husband every day because I, you know, like I, anyone that's a supportive, um, you know, of, of a career such as dog grooming, breeding, anything like that. Um, it's a deserving of a thank you. And um, yes, thank you absolutely. for all the hard work that you do as a groomer as well. Yes. Thank you for everything that you do for sure. Thanks. Uh, I appreciate that. Well, Natalie, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your week and uh, we'll be in touch. All right. Sounds good. You guys as well. All right. Thank you. Bye. Right. Bye. We appreciate all of you out there who are following and enjoying the podcast. If you could leave a glowing review for Grooming Unleashed, it would mean a lot to us, as well as sharing with your grooming friends, coworkers, bosses, and anyone else in the industry. Uh, It would mean a lot. It also would mean a lot if you would visit our sponsor, Loyalty Pet Products, at www.loyaltypetproducts.com. And don't forget, you can use the code UNLEASHED to save 10% off of your next order. Thank you very much for our sponsorship, Loyalty Pet Products, and thank you to all of you guys who are listening to us at Grooming Unleashed. We appreciate you and your support.